Hey there, Emo for Easy listeners. Drew here. Well, summer hasn't quite officially begun, unofficially we're in the swing of it. Schools are out on summer break, pools and beaches are open, and for those of us in medicine, we're about ready to graduate a new batch of attendants and welcome a new batch of interns to the hospital. No matter what your summer entails, the guys here at Emo Over Easy, we have you covered. For the month of June, we're going to bring you an incredible series called Looking Back. This is one of Andy's fantastic ideas where we're going to reflect upon the people and events that brought us to medicine. In July, we're going to hit you up with a rebroadcast of some of our favorite episodes from the past year and a few more that are impactful, important, and, well, just fun. So for episode one of the series Looking Back, it's going to be the three amigos, Andy, Tanner, and myself, reflecting on the people and maybe an event or two that really drove us towards medicine and helped us get to where we are today. Subsequent episodes in the series are going to be voices familiar and some new to the Emo Over Easy podcast. They're going to delight us in sharing their stories. As always, thanks so much for listening. We hope you have a fantastic summer. So as we were trying to put the series together, came across a lot of different options on the way to go with this. And I really just wanted to get back to basics and really ask the three of us the question of, before you went to medical school, who was a mentor that stuck out, that at, the right, that at a key moment made a big difference in your life? Who were they? What was the situation? And then how have you seen that one moment lead to where you are today? This is a great topic because I think we often get stuck as, as medical professionals in our postgraduate training because that's the only thing we do for so long and for so many hours. And it's hard to kind of reflect back and say, wait, wait, how did I get to even just getting into graduate school or whatever else was, you know, my, my current trajectory. And it's, it's so fun to think back of the, like the early times and things that I thought were important then that have molded me into what is actually me now. Who are you now, Tanner? It's a good question. Not quite sure. Still, still figuring that out. That's deep. That's deep. I don't think we want to go that deep today. I love the question too. And it's really interesting to look back and think, where were you when you made the decision or where you were making the decision that you were going to pursue a career in medicine? And I, I don't know that I can really pinpoint one mentor. It, it's not really a mentor thing. It's, it's a whole spectrum. I can think of a lot of people who have helped me along the way, and we'll talk about that. I will talk about that a little bit. I'm going to be honest. One of the things that really drove me towards medicine was the TV show ER. So I was in... No spoiler alerts. I'm like halfway through the watching the entire series. Have you not seen the entire? No, I have not. Before? I have not. I never watched a single episode Woof. until I was in medical school. Yeah. So think about ER. I, I graduated high school in 1999. Uh, ER started in '94. So essentially, I'm going into high school, into junior high, and into high school formative years of my life. And this was this was the Thursday night show. It came on right after Friends, and I was absolutely enthralled with it. I somehow connected myself and saw myself as all of these characters, John Carter, Mark Green, uh, George Clooney's character, Doug Ross. I mean, I just, I, mean, I, you I look am, like, you look like George Clooney. I, I but with Anthony Edwards hair, um, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the, the blend up going with. <laughs> so that's, True. that's one of the things that really drove me to medicine because nobody in my family was direct family was medical as I was growing up, I didn't have a physician, grandfather, uncle, father, mentor. We're very business-related, and this show just rung true with me. And I think that started my path towards medicine, and, and it grew from there. Yeah, that's it's. I totally could believe that because you know, as as someone who is just now, you know, decades later, going through some of those episodes, 
they're enthralling. It's like, how could you not love that? And it was in the city I was growing up in. It was in Chicago, so there's that extra connection to it. It, it, Hook, line, sinker. Yeah, done. Done. For for me, the, like, transition into actually thinking about medicine was one single moment, one single influence. Um, I had a professor in undergrad who was fantastic. Everybody loved him who was in the sciences. I was doing biology legitimately was looking at master's uh, classes programs for marine biology because I thought I was going to do that, uh, whether it was dealing with sharks, coral reefs, et cetera. Uh, and he asked me to come into his room after class, and I thought I was in trouble. And he proceeded to have me sit down and tell me for like 10 minutes straight why I should do medicine. And I, I'll be completely honest, I had zero thought. I never even thought that I could do uh, a medical school or, or become a physician because I thought that was for smart people. And I don't consider myself that smart. And he, I don't think we consider me- you that smart either. So don't worry about <laughs> yeah. it. I knew Very that true. was coming. I was kind of set myself Baby up for that. Shark Softballs. Softballs. Oh, sorry. And now all of our listeners have something stuck in their head. Sweet. But it's really, it was, it was a really, really amazing moment because somebody went out of their way to say, Hey, I think you would be really good at this. You should look into medical school because I think you would be successful. And I didn't believe him at first, but I started looking and, you know, I, that, now I'm here today because that one person took the time to say something. Yeah, I, I think that we've all kind of had those one people. In fact, I when I was writing it's, it's one, up it's the one outline person, for this episode. Andy, one person. You had one person and you had multiple people. Okay, sorry. Yep. Continue. That was, that's, one, yeah. one person, multiple people. Appreciate it. Always love the grammar update from Drew. Uh, I, I, I thought that that was... Old news. I apologize for bursting your bubble. Spoiler alert. One person. <laughs> one person. So I think we've all had that one person we can think of, and we can also think of multiple people as we were to maybe make a roadmap of where we've come from. And like Tanner, I had a similar um, example. I actually was on my mission. Um, I was actually on my mission. We At the end of it, you have an exit interview with your mission president. My mission president is not American. He's from. He was from Switzerland. And we sat down, and he kind of did general questions with everybody and asked, so what's your plan when you're done? And I was you know, 21, had done a little bit of college before I went on my mission, but really hadn't done very well. I think I was a history major. Sorry, Drew. Um, but didn't, didn't really know. I didn't want to go back to that. And so I, I said, you know, my dad's a PA. I think I'd like to be a PA. And, of course, being from Europe, he didn't know what a PA was, so I told him what a PA was. And he goes, why wouldn't you just want to be the boss? And I was like, well, I don't think I'm smart enough. You know, my grades aren't very good. And he just looked at me and said, I know that you can work hard and I know that you can get stuff done. So just go home and make a roadmap and become a doctor. And that was the first time I think really that that really like rung with me that I could do that, that I could go home, find the right people and make a roadmap and become a physician. And um, that was one two minute conversation at the end of my mission with somebody that I respected, but somebody that I hadn't spent a lot of time with. And so I think like Tanner, I think it's just that one person just kind of wakes you up and says, hey, you can do this. I think it's amazing. And I wish I could look back and say that there was one person. And it's so cool how different everyone's story can be. Tanner gets pulled aside by somebody in undergrad. You're on your mission trip. I'm just watching TV and deciding this is what I want to do with my (laughs) life. And it leads to the same outcome. And there's very certificate path that got us all to where we are right now too it wasn't like it was just bang 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 okay i'm gonna do medicine and there it goes tanner was probably the most straight through of the three of us um but still mm-hmm. not necessarily straight through right not 
not 100% traditional. Andy, you and I, uh, I don't think anyone would uh, argue with my statement, are very non-traditional people uh, and took yes. a much more uh, circuitous path to things. I, I can think back to one person once I had sort of made the decision to go towards medicine. So start undergrad, right? This is coming on the heels of ER. And I probably kept that momentum of watching ER through my first two years of, of undergrad. So we're getting into the early 2000s at this point. And at some point, TV is hard to keep up on when you're when you're an undergrad, uh, especially in rural Ohio, where TVs and cable honestly weren't all that prevalent at the time. Like it was there in the main lounge, but it's not like everyone had TV in their dorm room or anything like that. So I started volunteering uh, at the local fire department, tiny place, 300 runs a year, but they took a ton of college students because they were really available to do runs. And the medical director was also the college physician, Tracy Shermer. And at one point, I think he did push me towards a true career in medicine, but he was just one of those people that you connected with that was so encouraging of whatever it is you wanted to do and just loved my enthusiasm for what I was doing as a firefighter and EMT. And I looked at him and, and granted, this was a guy that was trained in OBGYN that became a college physician um, and a well-respected college physician at that, plus a medical director for a rural fire department. I got, God, this is what, what a cool guy, somebody who I really connected with. And Again, never that single conversation, hey, you should go pursue a career in medicine. But if I look back, and even to this day, and we text a couple times a year, there's just that gentle nudge and push towards stay on that pathway. Keep thinking about medicine. Don't get too distracted by other things because he saw something in me that maybe, honestly, at the time, I didn't even see myself because I kind of wavered away from medicine for a while. Yeah, I think that's one of those things where we start to see that a lot now as we're, you know, becoming mentors at times is just identifying passion in people and they may not even see it. But if you, if you see that spark, that whatever that is kind of driving them, you just kind of try to foster it. You don't necessarily have to have that, you know, sit down conversation like I had and say, you need to do this or you're crazy. It can be more of just like a, you know, just, just guide them that direction. If they, if they take to it and run with it, fantastic. Yeah, I think it's interesting that when I think about the conversations that I think we've all had or the people we look at, we have those opportunities all the time. And so when I actually went back and kind of made this timeline, I also next to it made a timeline of other people I think I've had those conversations with and almost none of them were scheduled. You know, it wasn't like I sat down and made a calendar um, and most of them were impromptu just, hey, I think I need to have this conversation with you. And it's it would it's been nice to think that I think all of us have been able to pay forward and do the same thing for other people. So it's very interesting being in our setting now, looking, looking back. And I don't know that I feel the same way you do, Andy. I don't know that I'm making a big impact on people going into medicine in general, because I am often interacting with people who have already made a commitment to medicine, medical students. But what I'm doing is I'm having, a, I think, a pretty significant impact on choice of specialty, not always towards emergency medicine, but having real conversations on a shift. What are you interested in? Where do you think your, your pathway is? That first half of the year, third year medical student is has ideas, but it's amazing how moldable that student can be and how receptive they are to your feedback. So maybe I'm not making that huge impact on telling somebody to go to medical school or, or nudging them that way as, as many of our mentors did. But now I think because of our setting, we get to nudge people towards finding the specialty that's right for them, whatever that is. Again, I don't care if it's emergency medicine or not. I want somebody to have a really long, fruitful, happy career in medicine and find that, that niche that's right for them. So in, in this series, we're, we're going to be talking with guests, both new, current, past, present, about mentors that we've had that have made impacts before medicine. So I think we should probably each 
pick somebody before besides that transition point? Like, you know, do you guys have anybody from earlier in life that you still think about or has made an impact on you in some way? Not necessarily medical, but more of just you as a person? No, I actually really like that idea, Tanner. You know, we're going to share some of these stories throughout when we have our guests on, so I don't want to share all of them. But one that sticks out to me is I finished high school in the summer of 2001 and, and had a plan to go on my mission. Wait, you graduated high school? But I, I got a summer job. Uh, oddly, I applied to work at McDonald's, and they said I was not McDonald's material. Oof. So I didn't get a job at McDonald's. Yeah, that's Oof. right. That's a, yeah, really? Exactly. God, that's a, that's yeah. a low blow. Or that's maybe a, a compliment. I don't know. So, maybe they, they saw a lot in you, and they thought that you were... No, that's not how they work. No. Yeah. And so um, I, I got a summer job. A girl that I worked in the principal's office with, his dad was a construction guy. And he, she said, well, he always needs laborers. He actually, he, he likes you. Why don't you go? Why don't you go call him? So I went up and, and I called him on the phone and I said, hey, Mr. Riddle Barger, um, I, I'm, I'm Andy Little. I work with your daughter in the office. I hear you need some work. And he's like, well, if you want, you can come over for a job interview tomorrow. And I'm thinking, okay, what do I need to wear? He's like, well, wear your work clothes. And so I showed up. And I thought, this is really weird. I'm going to a job interview and work clothes. And my job interview was digging a ditch. And um, over the course of that eight-hour day, I dug a ditch that was three feet wide by four feet deep by 12 feet long on this piece of pipeline that they were laying. And at the end of the day, he said, you can come back to work tomorrow. And I said, do I have the job? He says, I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow. And so I worked an entire week of just doing a hard work of labor. And at the end of the week, he said, you have the job. And it was just one of those... It was menial work because I was digging ditches and I was carrying stuff for brick lane crews and I was, you know, moving wheelbarrows of, of stuff around. But it was a good, solid job that I got paid good money and I just got to work because um, I have to admit when McDonald's tells you you're not really their kind of people, there is kind of like that 48 hour gut punch of like, if McDonald's won't hire me, what is wrong with me? Um, so, no, it was it was one of those like he he saw in me something that I didn't see myself and that summer was one of my favorite summers that I look back on because I had a good, honest job. I had a super fun time with my friends in that transition from high school to college. Um, and it wouldn't have been that way if I didn't have this job working for Mr. Robart. Andy, I, I love that story. And I, I had a similar experience and I can totally see how that would be a very impactful uh, a moment, whether it's just for a summer job or whatever. Like we have those times where it doesn't quite feel great going into it. And maybe during it, you're like, oh, this is so bad. But then afterwards you look back and you're like, man, that made me a better person. <laughs> uh, for me, you know, I'm, I'm going to steal the obvious, uh, you know, growing up, probably two of the biggest impact people in my life are my mom and dad, but for very different reasons. You know, my mom has that. She, she basically showed me that creativity is a virtue. She is the type of person that Anything can be anything if you really want it to be. You can mold stuff into, uh, you know, sunshine and rainbows if you if you can think about it and and look back and take a step back and say, hey, you know, this isn't actually that bad or it could be worse. And um, and, and she's just ridiculously positive. Uh, and on top of that, she's like the master talker and listener. Um, we always joke that we have to start leaving an hour beforehand so that she can talk to people and say her goodbyes because that's how long it usually takes to leave any event that we're at with her. Um, but but I love it, and I think that's probably impacted me um, specifically as someone who is extremely shy. Like I was the kid that would have to cry before having to recite a, a poem back in, um, you know, elementary, middle school, where you're supposed to memorize things. That was not me, and it's been one of those long coming things to for me to actually now I enjoy social interactions, and and I think I learned a lot of that from her. But my dad was very different, and I, the thing I learned from him was hard work. 
And he was the guy that is the epitome of that. Wake up before everyone else, show up to the office before everyone else, hours beforehand, get work done, and still leave when everyone leaves. Um, just constant for decades was the guy that was working longer, harder uh, than everyone else. And, and even though he wasn't necessarily teaching me lessons about that specifically and making me wake up with him and that kind of stuff, as a kid, you, you just observe that over time and you realize, man, that's pretty dang impressive. Um, and, and so those two like different influences, I think, have really molded me into what I am today, which is a combination of hard work but willing to be like a little creative, flexible uh, uh, type of person. So, um, you know, I know it's, it's a cop out to say my mom and dad, but I truly think that they have made, you know, one of the biggest impacts on me as a person. Tanner, I think your mom and my mom were woven out of the same cloth. And, and I think you would agree uh, yep. since we know yep. each other's mothers pretty well. And, and I, I have to completely agree. My mom kind of was both the creative, encouraging, um, and so influential in life, but also who went to work every day, raising two kids, essentially on her own. My parents were divorced and, and my dad lived downtown. We lived in the suburbs. Um, not that he wasn't present, but just she was the primary parent. Raising two kids somehow made it seem seamless that we got to school in one piece and with everything we needed, she would go to work and, and be incredible at whatever she did at work and then pick us up as if she had all the energy that she woke up with and no matter what happened in her day was 100% focused on us. And it's inspiring, especially as a parent now, to, to look back at that. So specifically medicine, no, uh, but in life and just setting me for the stage that I am now uh, with kids that are getting a little bit older and in school, absolutely probably the most influential person. I, th- I think uh, we're going to run into a lot of people saying similar absolutely. stuff. This, absolutely. this is going to be, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be hard. And, and this is a shout out, mom and dad, I love you. I didn't know that's where they were going to go. So, yeah, and, the, well, and, the, and that's how, the thing how, is, how like, can you not though? At some point, you just get talking, and yeah, th- yeah. Not, and to, to be fair, not everybody has that parent experience growing up, right? T- yeah, Tanner, you mentioned both. You know, I, again, no knock on my dad, but but wasn't the influence by any means that that my mom was, and and we know of lots of people that either didn't grow up with parents or their parents really just weren't present in that way. And so they found it somewhere else. And that's what's going to be so interesting to hear over this series uh, this summer is who that influential person was in life and then who that influential person was in medicine. That to me is the coolest part about this series is seeing all of those pre-medical influences that people have. Because you're right, it's going to be so dynamic and different for everyone. Can't wait. It's going to be amazing. we got some solid guests that are going to be on. And yeah, their stories are going to be awesome. So real quick, guys, on your way to medicine, once you made that decision to go into medicine, maybe in medical school, maybe in pre-med, similar to what Tanner was kind of mentioning, was there that one other person that really drove you to the direction of medicine or maybe even emergency medicine at some point? Was there any other mentor? Um, Not to sound cheesy, but uh, my wife, uh, when we first met. Oh, you had to go there. You had to. You just had to. Well, I, I think it's a unique story because I met Megan when we were freshman, when I was a freshman in college. Uh, she had already been engaged once. And to be honest, the guy she was engaged to, the reason why they got unengaged is because he didn't have goals, didn't have dreams, wasn't, wasn't driven. It wasn't you, So, Andy. Yeah, basically. And early on, she said, hey, what do you want to do with yourself? And she was like, and don't give me some... Don't give me some la la dream that you don't have plans for. And so I, I could said, totally hey, I picture wanted- this conversation. Oh, 100%. Like I just and visualized, so, visualized Megan doing this and I'm like, oh my gosh, 
I, I would have been shaking in my boots if I were you, dude, because she was she was serious when she was asking you this. I can yeah. completely envision her giving you three strikes too. like, nope, nope, that's not the vision you need. I need something better than that. You got one, <laughs> you got one more chance. Oop, nailed it. All right. Yep. I'll marry a doctor. Go for it. No, I have, I have to admit that uh, I nailed it on the first try. I said, hey, I, I really want to be an emergency physician. And she just said, why? And so Ooh, I remember the conversation. We were driving on the way to actually go visit her parents for the first time. And I kind of said, look, this is why I want to be an ER doctor. And I gave her the gave her the spiel. And at the end, she goes, okay, so how do we do this? And so I said, well, okay. And so I talked about how here's the classes I have to take. I've already met with my advisor. Here's the path we have to go down. Here's the tests I'm going to have to get the damn cat when I'm a, I'm a junior. So when I apply as a fourth year, we're going to want to decide if I want to be an MD or a DO. And I kind of laid it all out in this two-and-a-half-hour car ride to Louisville to visit her parents for the first time. And at the end of it, she goes, all right, we're doing it. And then that was it. That was the end of the conversation. Um, and to this day, the biggest thing that my wife has always been is she's been supportive. That's way better than my story about the ex-girlfriend who dumped me in the process of applying to medical school and destroyed my confidence in myself. <laughs> Ooh, but I want to hear that, that one I actually want to hear that story. <laughs> no, it's not a good one. It's bad. Uh, but uh, definitely influential, I guess, in the long run. <laughs> I, I do want to give a shout out to one more person in, in my career path. Um, somebody who I, you, uh, Tanner, you and Andy are familiar with and, and the Central Ohio folks will be uh, Mike Palachi. He's currently the program director down in Adena. At, at the time was my medical director for the fire department. I was working full time at on the north side of Columbus and a doc, non-academic doc in the, the city of Columbus. And I met with him one day. He was a DO. I was applying to a bunch of DO schools, uh, which is where I ultimately ended up and was applying to MD schools. And, and osteopathic schools want you to have a letter of recommendation from a DO. And um, Mike and I had always connected. We got along really well. He had always been a little bit of a mentor for me as I was thinking about, hey, maybe I'll do this. And finally, when I pulled him aside one day, asked him to meet me at the fire department so we could talk a little more and told him, I'm going to apply to medical school. Will you write me the letter of recommendation? From that day on, and he had no idea about this leading up to it, it has been nothing but encouragement. And I can say even now as a junior faculty um, at a uh, residency program, he has continued to be nothing but encouraging and help support me and mentor me along the way. So from day one, deciding to apply to medical school to pursuing emergency medicine to now being a faculty, he, along with many, many others, has has been there. But to have somebody be a mentor to you through all of those stages of going through uh, a career path to emergency medicine has been pretty awesome. So he uh, he certainly played a big role in my decision for emergency medicine, but also in just getting me to where I am now. And I am uh, very grateful for that. Uh, I mean, for me, I didn't have a lot of medical influences in my family. Um, didn't know a bunch of people, uh, that were physicians, um, that I had spent a lot of time talking about before I jumped into this craziness of applying to medical school. And so for me, it was, it was a lot of like kind of self research type stuff. And, you know, I essentially decided on emergency medicine after reading a book, (laughs) Uh, surprise, surprise, it's saying eh, this is the only one that actually sounds like fun to me. And turns out it was the only one that was really fun to me. But uh, I would say probably one of the biggest impacts was during the first part of medical school was the two ER docs that allowed me to essentially attach myself like a barnacle to them uh, on shifts and, and various things like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just envisioning you as a barnacle on somebody, and it's pretty amazing, Tanner. Uh, Hold on. I hold on really tight. Um, No, but truly it was amazing because 
you know, med school's tough. I, you know, go to class, I'm studying, but, uh, you know, Dr. Zambito and Dr. Acosta were two of the guys at, at PNWU where I went that early on were very open and they were the type of guys that I would text and say, Hey, are you working a shift right now? It's 10 PM. I'd like to come in and just hang out for an hour. Um, because I, you know, my, my intentions were, I'm really interested in emergency medicine, but I don't know that much about it. I need to learn more. And they were awesome because they just let me hang out and not that I was doing anything, but I was just shadowing and it was fantastic because I got to see how they're working. They would talk about everything from, you know, medical side of things, the clinical content to what it's like to interact with, you know, staff, what it's like to interact with patients. Uh, they were both coming from New York. So their, their personalities were very different than, uh, than Idaho where I grew up. And, uh, and that was eye opening too, because I'm seeing how people are interacting in different levels and, and in contexts. And, and it was absolutely amazing and, and definitely, you know, pushed me that direction even further to know that I was in the right spot because these people were amazing and they kind of took me under their wing to say, Hey, it's okay that you, you can be successful here too. Awesome. I, Kaz, I think this is a great start to where we're going to go with this series. I think everyone's now, all of our listeners, five of them at this point after three years, I can't wait till we get our sixth listener to uh, check this out. But this is going to be... I got a guy. <laughs> Andy's, Andy's tweeting somebody right now. This is a great start to a summer series. I'm really looking forward to hearing so many really cool guests come on and tell us about their experience in medicine. There's going to be so many similarities. I think we all have a very similar story in so many ways, and we have such a diverse, different story at the same time. And it's going to be neat to hear about. So, Andy, thanks so much for bringing this topic up. I, I know I always give you a hard time when you uh, bring in new ideas, but this is this is definitely on the top of Andy's good idea list. And I, really fun to hear a little bit more about you guys and learn stuff that I didn't know about you that we should have been talking about years ago. <laughs> yeah. And, and caveat for all of our influences and mentors, it, just because we don't mention your name doesn't mean we don't love you. Oh, there's so many. Yeah, there is so many. It's impossible to do a podcast and actually, it's like the Emmy is not getting yanked off stage if I continue talking. So until next time, guys, thanks so much for listening to our podcast, this episode and others. And don't forget to follow us on our social media pages, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or our blog site. Subscribe. Game over easy. That's why I want you to know I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Asking him to change his way And no message could it be any clearer If you want to make the world a better place Take a look at yourself and just make the change I'm starting with the man in the mirror It's launching now in the summer. As you know, it's the summertime and we take the summer off. So we wanted to do this first episode of a series that we're going to call Looking Back. It's not really summertime, Andy. We're actually recording this in April. <laughs> no, that's fine. Keep, keep going. You're doing that great. was that was banter. That's banter. It's just banter. It's just banter. That is true. We are recording this in the spring, but it will. But come it's out, coming out during uh, the summer. But June. I can everyone. Feel and as you're listening summer now, summer weather is coming already. This is going to be amazing when it comes out. Oh my gosh! It, it was like it 70 degrees the other day, and I was like, "Yeah, it's like summer already." I mean, I'm already getting my my beach legs on and sandal tan and all that. It's it's going to be great. If you want to make the world